Are we going? Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, was I being proud of you too, Lau? Hey, welcome back to another episode of Dad Shorts, where we're just two dads trying to debate whether or not the greatest TV dad of all time is actually Phil Dunphy. False. From Modern Family. No, Carl Winslow, easy. Carl Winslow is a great answer. Yeah. Joining us today is Jason Romano of the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Jason, what's your answer? Greatest TV dad of all time? Uh, Howard Cunningham from Happy Days. Oh, Ooh, yeah. yeah. That's, that's and I'm solid. old. That probably shows my age because I watched <laughs> Happy Days as a kid, but... Howard Cunningham, I thought, was just a great dad. Yeah, that's yeah. a good answer. Solid pick. Solid pick. I take third. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> You're used to that. Bill <laughs> <laughs> Duffy's awesome. You know? Yes. So, yeah. Well, Jason, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, obviously, you work for Sports Spectrum. Uh, you run a podcast, but tell us about yourself and your history and a little bit about your kids and your dad's. Yeah, so I have I have one daughter. Uh, her name is Sarah. She's going to be 19 probably by the time this releases awesome. uh, in June. She turns 19, and um, so I'm I'm married to my wife Dawn. Been married almost 24 years. Uh, so I'm a husband and a dad. Uh, I am the director of media with Sports Spectrum. So uh, our desire, if you will, as a sports ministry. Um, is to kind of just keep Jesus in the sports conversation. Mm -hmm. That's what we've done. It's what we do. It's been around for 30 plus years. Uh, We are a media. That's why I paused for a second. And trying to describe sports spectrum sometimes is difficult, guys, because it's a media ministry, right? Mm -hmm. So it's sports ministry. It's, It's using sports as a way to share the gospel, but it's also media. So we, you know, have our podcast and we have our website with articles every day. We have, you know, stories that's you know, of athletes that are in the news. Um, but those athletes all profess a faith in Jesus. So we, we talk about those athletes specifically. And then we have our magazine, which is a quarterly magazine and write long form stories on these athletes. So it's definitely media, but it's also ministry. And it's, yeah. it's been great to be a part of. I've been there six years Uh, And it's really great. Sports Spectrum, like I said, has been around since 1985. So get to do that. Um, Prior to working at Sports Spectrum, I was at ESPN and I was there for 17 years. And I was a producer there uh, working on a lot of shows that a lot of people know, like Sports Center and Monday Night Football and Mike and Mike in the Morning, which isn't on there anymore. But a lot of people watched it for a long time. So I got to work on some really great shows and, and do, you know, sports for a living. It was a lot of fun and I still get to do sports. But my my passion right now and it's really taken shape over the last six years is just to be as the best ambassador for christ that i can be and to be able to share those stories through sports is is a gift and a blessing and i'm I'm grateful to do it so very cool well uh, our friend tim head who has been a long time guest of the show he recommended you and uh, your podcast and i hadn't listened before uh, and now I have to say, I'd say it's a daily addiction. I have been a, a huge fan of it since finding your podcast and, and absolutely love it. And highly recommend if you if you like dads, if you like Jesus, if you like sports, uh, check out. The, it's, it's great. It's a great podcast. Sports Spectrum, I highly recommend. So it's a new new listens moved to the top of my charts. It's one I check out daily. Very cool. Exactly. Yeah, there's very a cool. thousand. There's a thousand interviews. So let me know when you get through them all. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. I do listen to my podcast at two times speed, so I do get through them fairly quickly. <laughs> he really does. Oh, wow. He also he also speaks at two times speed. I do so speak really it's, fast. Yeah. yeah. So here's a funny story. One of my best friends, who's a great dad, by the way, Scott Black, he listens to when he wants to get a laugh, he puts my podcast on half speed. <laughs> 
And it sounds like I'm drunk. It sounds like (laughs) something happened to me. And he just plays it for, you know, five minutes and just it puts him in a better mood, he says. That's that's fantastic. (laughs) All right. Uh, So, Jason, uh, we asked this question of all of our our guests. Uh, We're not quite to a thousand. (laughs) Yes. Uh, But we're we're getting there. Um, (laughs) What is your go to dad uniform? Mm -hmm. Uh, So if I'm. Here's a, I'm going to give you a couple answers, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, First absolutely. of all, it's, if, it's, it's, if it's going to a sporting event, which I did with my daughter last week as we speak, um, it's throwing out a jersey and, you know, or a shirt representing the team, uh, jeans and sneakers, right? And if it's, yeah. if it's warm out, it's shorts and sneakers. That's kind of my go-to outfit every day. Yeah. Um, I'm fortunate. I get to work from home. Uh, when I go to the office or when I'm speaking at a, you know, at a conference or a, a gathering, of course, you want to, you know, put a button down or something that is fairly nice and representative. But I'm wearing a T-shirt. I'm wearing shorts. I got a low, you know, the low fitted socks. And it's yes. summertime here in Connecticut. And this is what I'm going to wear every day yep. for hopefully the next five months or four months. So that's my go to quote unquote uniform, if you will, for that's that. Perfect. I love that shorts you mentioned T-shirt, baby. The low cut socks. No yes. one has mentioned that yet, and it's such a huge part of yep. like daddom right now. Is we we wore the low cut socks in yep. college, and it never went away. My son, socks, yep. baby. Yes. Yep. For yes. some reason, they're Pumas, which I guess Puma is back in style. It's not Nike or Adidas, but yeah. low yep. cut socks, baby. I like the Under Armour low cut socks. Have you tried those? No, those I get the too. the Hanes extreme uh, <laughs> ones for me. Uh, the no shows, uh, yeah. the Walmart Guys, specials. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. Unless somebody sponsors me and I get like some kind of nil deal, uh, I'm buying whatever is cheapest. And Absolutely. So, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, whatever you got mm-hmm. that's three ninety nine for a three pack, <laughs> I'll be buying them. Yep. Unless somebody wants to pay me to advertise for them, mm-hmm. I, I'm a you know, I'm a, a respecter of no socks. I'll wear whatever you want me to wear. That's so, perfect. Awesome. That might be the best dad answer right there. That's great. The cheapest, the cheapest. or free. Yeah. I did. It's I did good. hear recently at a dad thing at our church, um, a uh, like our sixth grade um, event, a couple of dads talking about wool socks, like for for running and hiking no. specifically, and hiking how baby. much. Maybe what? Yeah, like they they like absorb the sweat better and make your like feet not stink. It's the it was weird. It was a weird. I think it would just be like so heavy and hot when it gets sweaty. It has to oh, be Scott, like. I mean, Scott and Zach, listen. If we could figure out a way to make my feet not stink, <laughs> right? Go for a walk. I'm all in. So if it's I was intrigued, socks, I, might, I might actually try them. Uh, but you know, I, I'm just yeah, little socks. I don't know. They're yeah. not a good look. It's no, got to be no, one of those no. where, you know, if I'm going for a, one of my one of my dad things that I do is I go for a walk every morning. It's the first thing mm-hmm. I do when I wake up, I get up and I just go for a walk. If it's outside, you know, if it's warm weather, if it's not, I'm going downstairs into the treadmill. But I am going for a walk and it just clears my mind, gets my day yeah. started right. And but you guys know this. You're not looking to impress anybody with what nope. you're wearing on those walks. Yeah. You just want to be comfortable. Yep. So if you're not matching or if you got like the, the neon shirt and the green mm-hmm. sneakers and you want to throw some wool socks in, why not? That's, a good, point. That's a good point. Yeah. yeah. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic about it. I I haven't I haven't spent the money on it because they cost money. Uh, but I, I'm one of these days. I'm gonna try the wool socks. I'll let you give me the uh, the uh, recommendation. Okay, and then I'll hear back. I'm not gonna try it. Deal. Uh, Jason, what's your uh, best dad story? Best dad story. So I was thinking about this. I, there's so many. You know, over 19 years when you're a dad for 19 years is a lot. Um, I'll give you the one that's kind of fairly recent. 
that I that I like. And this was from 2022. My daughter played softball in high school. She also played volleyball. She was a team captain. She wasn't playing in college, uh, and we knew that. But she was on a state championship runner-up team in softball nice. last year yeah. as a senior in high school. So it's her last year of high school, and she's on this softball team. And she's not, you know, a top five player, but she was starting, mm-hmm. and she was a captain, which says a lot about her character. And I had, you know, I'm also a big Boston Celtics fan. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have to talk about what's happening right now as we yeah. record the <laughs> Celtics, but they had a good run last year, and. Somewhere along the lines of early June, I realized, you know, the Celtics are in the finals. I got to go to a game. You know, I live in Connecticut. They're in Boston about two hours away. I had, you know, you never know when your team's going to be in a championship. So I figured I got to go to a game. So it was the Monday before game four. Game four was on a Friday. And I'm contacting every contact I have to just buy tickets. I'm not looking for free tickets or anything. I just want to buy them at face value. I don't want to go on StubHub and pay, you know, $5,000 for a ticket. So I get this guy with the Celtics that I had known, and he came up with two tickets that were in the upper deck. I'll tell you the price. They were $500 each, but it was face value. And Mm -hmm. I said, all right, I'm in. And I got my buddy, Sean, who's a great dad as well from our church, and we're both Celtics fans, and we were going to go to the game. Well, little did I know that on Monday, that same day, after I bought the tickets, my daughter is playing in the semifinals of the state championship, and we totally didn't think they were going to win. Yeah. In fact, she even said, Dad, we're probably not going to win. Well, guess what? They won. And my daughter had one of the <laughs> RBIs, and they won 4-1, to one, and suddenly they're playing in the state championship game on Friday. <laughs> that. The same day of game four yep. of the NBA title between Golden State and Boston. And I said to Sarah, I'm like, all right, so I got this little conundrum here, you know, and I knew what I was going to do anyways, but I wanted to just kind of ask her. I said, Sarah, what do you think dad should do here? You know, I got tickets to game four, but it's your last softball game ever, and it's the state championship game. You know, you only know when your last game ever is definitely going to be yep. when you reach the state championship game, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And we knew, and she knew, that they were not going to win the state championship. The team that won Southington uh, High School here in Connecticut is has been a powerhouse for 20 years. And, you know, to, to spoil the ending, they dominated, you know, my daughter's team and won like 13 to 1. My daughter did get a hit in that championship okay. game, and, an RBI, and there weren't many hits in that, yeah. in that game for her team. But we came to this conundrum, right? And she says, Dad, you have to go to the Celtics game. And I'm like, really? Why would I want to miss you? You know, miss you playing. She's like, we're going to get killed. Don't bother. And I said, well, what if I go to the Celtics game and they lose and you guys lose? Like, I lose out both ways. I said, if I go watch you play your last game, even if you lose, I don't lose because A, I'm not going to watch if the Celtics lose and B, I get to see you in your final game. And I said, I would never miss that. And she's like, well, you don't have to come, but if you want to. And I said, no, we're going to figure this out. So I called my buddy, Sean, who I just bought the tickets for. And I said, hey, man, I don't think I can go on Friday. And he goes, what? Like he was shocked. (laughs) And I said, well, here's why. And he totally understood. Mm -hmm. But what happened in in this was a really cool moment. So two dad moments happened out of this. I got to watch my daughter play her final softball game ever. And it was for the title. Now, they didn't win. Like I said, they got blown out. But it was still a really cool experience to watch Mm -hmm. her daughter in the state championship game. And my buddy, Sean got to bring his son, Noah, who's a big Celtics fan 
to the NBA championship game four and unfortunately see Stephen Curry go completely off and beat the Celtics and ultimately the Warriors, you know, won the title, but they got to have their own dad moment Mm -hmm. and I got to have my dad moment. And it's funny, I've told this story to a few people and a couple people, including my boss, Howard said, you know, he started crying a little bit. He's like, that's amazing. You're an incredible dad. And I'm like, really? I said, wouldn't most dads go to see their kid play versus, you know, a basketball game? Mm-hmm. But I guess they that there was I, some people view this as, you know, a really hard decision. For me, it was a no brainer. Like yeah, if yeah. my daughter was playing, I'm not going to a basketball game um, ultimately to miss, you know, my daughter playing, you know, in the state championship game. It just wasn't happening. Yeah. Well, I think it's it's a little bit different when you've got people that aren't involved like directly in that situation mm-hmm. like it's Maybe. easy to yeah. like to to judge a situation um without having the emotional like attachment mm-hmm. like those same sure. people that that think that it's this uh the this amazing sacrifice if it were them in that situation Maybe. Yeah. They, they might feel a little bit differently Maybe I just, I mean, it's my daughter, like, and yeah. I have one child. It's not like I had other shots yeah. here. This was it and this, <laughs> right. to this day, a year later, it's still her last softball game that she yeah. played. And so I feel like, man, that was important to be there Heck just yeah. so she knows, you know, a, that, you know, it doesn't matter about my fandom and sports and who I root for. Like you are always going to come before any of that. Yeah. Um, but I also didn't have the best dad. And if we get into that, great, but I didn't grow up with a great dad in my life. Um, I wrote a book about the broken relationship with my dad. So like, I didn't have the best dad in my life. So there was, you know, part of what I've always desired as a dad myself was to not be the dad that I had to my daughter. I wanted to make sure I was doing a lot of the things. And and some of those were simply just being present and just being there for her. And that was the best moment I could think of to make sure that I was definitely going to be there for her. So absolutely. It reminds me of that uh, scene in Goodwill hunting when, uh, uh, Robin Williams' character turns down the shot to go to the Game 6 of the World Series. Yep. I got to see, about, see a about a girl. Right? 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 You got to see about girl. your daughter. I, mean, it's... I had to go see about my daughter. That's yeah, exactly yeah. right. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I say, it kind of worked out because my buddy had his own dad moment. The Celtics did lose, so I didn't have to be at the Garden watching Stephen Curry score, score 40 points, you know, against right. my team. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's just I had to go see about my daughter. And I'll always – default to that versus most other things in my life that's awesome uh we want to ask one more uh one more silly question before we get to a serious questions and uh, a question is uh, if you had four items that have to go into your ultimate dad utility belt like a batman style utility belt what what four dad items go inside this belt chapstick okay (laughs) i'm a chapstick guy i don't know why my buddy mike turned me on to this like 25 years ago he always carried chapstick with him do you have and a particular I, brand? You know, I'm all over the place. I like the flavored chapsticks, but I don't like the cherry one because it makes your lip red. And, and I'm not right. trying to put lipstick on my face here, but the lemonade <laughs> one right now is a pretty is a pretty solid one. Okay. Uh, I had a grape chapstick that I had for a couple months, and I, I was trying to find it again, and I can't find it. But <laughs> grape chapstick is – think about grape Kool-Aid, but yeah. chapstick. Yeah. Like, it's pretty darn good. So chapstick for sure. Okay. Um, Probably my phone. I mean, that's sort of the obvious one, and we're all attached to it. But I mean, you can do a million things now. You know, I, somebody showed a video once of like 1989 when I was 15 years old, and you know, there's like 50 items that in this picture that are now all the phone. Yeah, that the phone does <laughs> yes. all of that, mm-hmm. and so you know, we kind of need that. I would say 
Um, what else do I carry with me? Probably my AirPods. I, even though I'm, again, I'm cheap. I don't have the Apple AirPods. I have like knockoff AirPods right here. You know, I have uh, some brand called QHQO. No idea, but they work great. <laughs> 25 bucks on Amazon. I'm all in, but I like those. That's, that's big for me. Um, what else could I add? Probably, I can't fit it in a toolbox, but it, like some sort of water bottle. Oh, yeah. Item of sorts that I can either refill. Like I'm, I'm constantly drinking water. It's always near me. So I would say something like that. I probably should say like a Swiss Army knife, you know, or some yeah. kind of protective, you know. Th- I'm just not an outdoors guy. So <laughs> you well, know, you're uh... walking around with a knife too often. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, they've got the uh, the collapsible uh, cups and water bottles oh, for yeah. like camping. Mm-hmm. That might fit in your like actual utility belt. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Like, stick well, it depends there. on how big the utility belt is. It could no, be the size of like the Hulk Hogan Championship belt. <laughs> yeah. From the WWE. We don't know how big it is. Right? You know, that man's belt was pretty big. I kind of feel like like our utility belt is like a tool belt. So like it, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. pretty sizable. That's it's got big it, pockets. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in and I'm a Star Wars guy. So I think about like Luke Skywalker putting on the belt and it's got mm-hmm. the lightsaber sitting on one side. It's got all the, you know, maybe a sword on the other. So yeah, we can make it as big as we want. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There we go. I love it. Love it. Yes. Uh, well, uh, we're Hold on. Oh, so okay. I, I don't know why this just popped into my head, but know. like uh, Chewbacca, he's got like the, like yeah. the, mm-hmm. the strap. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is that Chewbacca's utility belt? Like is that is that that? What is that the new term for a fanny pack? <laughs> yeah, that like side. Yes, it's no longer a fanny pack. That's how the kids are wearing it. Uh, like yes, shoulder strap. My daughter that? wears her. She brought it to the game we went to last. We went to see the Mets game, and she brought mm-hmm. like a little fanny pack that went over like Chewbacca's yes belt thing there. Yeah, Chewbacca, the height of fashion. I absolutely <laughs> just ahead of the Chewbacca. game. Come on, Chewie. <laughs> Trendsetter. Sorry, I don't know why that like that was that was that was what just popped I know what's inside that little Chewbacca belt though that you wear. Yeah, I know. And it's in like a bunch of little compartments too. Yeah. I know. I I've okay. So (laughs) I I've always kind of figured that those were like uh like a a bandolero, uh isn't that what it's called? Uh where you have like your bullets or whatever. Um, I think they're like laser packs. Like yeah, for his crossbow thing. Mm -hmm. That's what I always figured was in them, but I'm not so sure. I kinda thought snacks. I mean, let's be honest here. If we had that, we're putting snacks in there, right? Guys? Yeah. Yes. Except his are probably alive. Whatever it takes, guys. Yeah, that's right. Sorry. Totally derailed that. <laughs> we were transitioning to the serious interview. <laughs> All right. Uh, we want to ask you a couple of serious questions before we play our game for the day. And uh, first one is, uh, what are some of the successes and difficulties of being a dad in the world of sports journalism? Mm-hmm. Mm, great question. I think I, I really felt this at ESPN, you know, because you travel a lot. Your time is, you know, is taken by so much from your work. And, you know, I worked very few days that I work eight hours and go home, you know, and I worked a lot of weekends, especially on Sundays with football, uh, What's interesting, though, that you asked that, I think because it was, I think it was 2008, my daughter would have just turned four, and I was really trying to climb the corporate ladder at ESPN. Like, I was trying to go to the next phase of the level of what I was at at that time, and I was so focused on it and so consumed by it that I missed being present in the moment, both at work, because I was so focused on what's next that I wasn't being present with the job that I currently had, but also at home. And so I'm like, all right, I'm trying to climb this corporate ladder and I'm missing out on 
you know, just being home with my kid. And I know she was only four at the time, and you can kind of get away with this, I think, for the first couple years. Yeah. But I had an opportunity to take a position as a producer at ESPN, or I was being trained to take a position at ESPN. That would have meant a lot of money, probably 25000 more than I was making. Um, it would have meant definitely a, you know, a, a pay grade higher. It would have meant you know, a little more prestige with a title. And I trained one night. I went and did an overnight show where I was training for a producer at ESPN. It was ESPN News. They used to do overnight kind of highlight shows. Mm -hmm. And I went in and I, I basically spent from 4 o'clock in the afternoon to like 2 in the morning training for what could potentially be this job that I take. And I walked out of there at 2 a.m. after I went through the training. And it was a great job. Like, it's so much fun. And you're producing sports and highlights and yeah. all that. And you have to be on, on the ball and know what you're doing. But I walked out of there, and I don't know if it was God. I, I probably was the Holy Spirit. But just something inside of me said, you can't do this. Hmm. Because if you take this job, yeah, you might have more money. Yeah, you might have more prestige and a better title, but there's a very good chance that you will now be part of this producer pawn shop or pawn in the game of ESPN producers where they just make you work whenever and wherever, mm -hmm. and they kind of just slot you in different slots and you never have a, a schedule that's really, you know, normal, if you will. Yeah. And I just felt like if I took this job, it was a, it was a real cross in the, you know, what do you call it? Uh, fork in the road where I thought if I take this job, there's a chance I, I might miss out on a lot of what my daughter's doing. And at four year old age to whatever that might be, eight, 10, 12, like those are formative years. And I just remembered about my dad not being around. And I, I, I told them, I'm like, I can't do this. And they were really surprised. They were like, wait, we're training here. Like you're, you're, perfectly equipped to take this role in this job. And I said, I, I can't, I said, I can't just risk working nights and weekends for the next six years and never seeing my kid. I can't do it. Yeah. And so I kind of backed out on that. What's really cool is, you know, God opened up a really interesting door for me to have a sort of regular schedule, even though I still work some weekends, I worked days for the most part, occasional evenings, but I was able to be present and be there for my kid. I remember my boss, Carol, who was just the best boss I ever had at ESPN, you know, she actually let me have a schedule during the week over the next few years as my daughter was entering school to be able to come home by three or four o'clock to make sure I was there to, when she got off the bus. Because my wife works too, and my wife was, you know, in an office, and I wanted to just make sure I was there for her. And so Sarah, at six, seven years old, maybe she doesn't remember it, but there was dad picking her up from school, or there was dad getting her off the bus. And that to me, I don't regret not taking that job. Um, I'm telling you that story because I think it gives you a snippet of how difficult it can be in sports journalism mm -hmm. to be a dad. Um, you know, I, I work with a lot of coaches, a lot of athletes, and I think that might be the hardest role, if you will, to be a, a dad that's consistent in your kids' lives because you are on the road so much and your job demands so much of your time. ESPN and in sports journalism is very similar, right? And you always feel like, because you're focused on the job, if you don't take the next assignment, that that could be you falling back in line and, and somebody going ahead of you in this cutthroat game uh, of journalism. And for me, I don't know. I just, I'm so grateful. I, I don't know who it was that might've influenced me on that. I certainly think it was the Lord kind of impressing on my heart that, you know, 
I can't let ESPN be my God. Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, my relationship with God needed to come first, but I needed to make sure that my family and particularly my daughter and my wife too, both came before anything with ESPN. And I messed that up for the first eight, nine years I was at ESPN, but those, that was a big moment for me. And, you know, again, I share that story because I believe as people listen, they'll understand it's a hard place to be a dad. Um, There are some that do very well. I think the executives that are parents do very well because they can kind of set those schedules as a Monday through Friday, you know, job where they're home. But those producers and the grinders, the, the associate producers, the production assistants, those people that are just working crazy hours and grinding for decent money. And we all love what we get to do. That's the, that's the, the catch 22, right? We're, we're, we're talking about sports here. So you want to pay me to cover sports and talk about sports and, you know, watch sports. I'm in, Mm -hmm. but I can't let that get in the way, at least for me of being present to my daughter. And so that was a big moment for me. That's awesome. I love the interview you did with Matt Holiday a few episodes ago where he was talking about being the hitting coach uh, and then just changing his mind uh, Same last thing. minute mm-hmm, because he just yeah. couldn't be away from his family that much, and it was, it was yeah. something he couldn't prioritize. So, This is an eight-time Major League yeah. Baseball all-star, by the way, yeah. who you know played for many, many years, and he had his family around, but there were times where he was away from his family, and as he retires, his son Jackson and his son Ethan are starting to come up in the ranks and he did not want to miss watching them. And so he was there for Jackson through his high school career. Who's now, you know, the number one overall pick to the Baltimore Orioles. And his son, Ethan is the number one prospect at his grade level in 10th grade in the nation for baseball players. So he's going to be a stud as well. Mm -hmm. And Matt had this opportunity to be the coach of the St. Louis Cardinals this year, the hitting coach, and he took it and then he untook it and said, nah, I I just can't do this because I can't not, he had this anxiety. You heard the interview, Zach. Like he can't, he felt like he was having anxiety over the fact that he's going to be away from his family and kudos to him that he chose his family. And I don't think anybody would have faulted him if he chose the Cardinals position, but for him, the right choice was to step away and be closer to his family. And I completely understood that because I was in a similar situation, much different, but a similar situation and having to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to go off script just a bit um, mm-hmm. and dig into that a little bit. Uh, so you made this decision to, to uh, accept a job at Sports Spectrum, um, kind of doing all of, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yep. And we know the benefits to your, like your fatherhood, your parenting, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, Zach and I have, have mentioned frequently kind of the, um, the unseen benefits of doing this, this podcast, uh, as, as meager as it is, what yeah. is kind of the, the biggest benefit of that switch and, and just doing your podcast, you've interviewed thousands of people. So like what, what, what is the biggest takeaway for you in that experience? Yeah, there's two. Number one, I got to be home with my daughter, you know, like seventh grade. I think she was in when I left ESPN seventh grade, six years ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. And she's now a going into her sophomore year of college, which is crazy how time flies, you know, like it was that quick, but I knew seventh grade to senior year of high school. She was getting involved in sports. She was playing volleyball. She was playing softball. She was growing up into this young lady and I didn't want to miss that. So that was the number one benefit. I'm not saying I would have missed that at ESPN, but I knew I could leave at two 30 or three o'clock every day from my job that I work from home with sports spectrum and go watch my daughter play softball and my bosses would not blink an eye. 
Yeah. Like they were that my current bosses are just the most supportive. They they completely understand the dynamic of family. That's awesome. And they know that if I need to get my work done, I'm going to get it done in the evening or when my daughter's asleep or wherever it might look like earlier in the morning. I'm not going to slack off because I want to go see my daughter, but I'm going to have this flexibility to be able to make sure I was there for her. So that's number one. Awesome. But the other big thing, honestly, in, in the interviews that we've done, like it's so unique what we get to do. Like we're talking to athletes, big name athletes, former athletes, current athletes, coaches. I mean, I talked to John Harbaugh today, the Baltimore mm -hmm. Ravens head coach. Like, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah, it is awesome because I, I get excited too when I think about I get to talk to John Harbaugh. Yeah. But I get to ask him questions that he's not getting asked anywhere else in the media. Yeah. Tell me about Jesus. Tell me about how he influences the way that you coach. You know, how did how how do you stay discipled? You know, how do you pour into other people and then still get poured into as a head coach? Like questions that they're just not getting anywhere else. Yeah. And I didn't recognize that initially. I just thought we're talking about Jesus. This is great. Yeah. But the more I've talked to these athletes and coaches, the more I understand why they say yes to come on our show. Because our show isn't, it's its a tiny blip in terms of how big it is compared to ESPN yeah. and some of these other channels. <clears throat> but it's a, it's a platform that there just isn't many of. You know, unique content, articles and stories and podcasts and devotionals on the intersection of sports and faith. And so these athletes get to hear Questions they never get asked, and they get to answer questions about the most important thing in their life that they never get to talk about, their yeah. faith. Mm -hmm. So to me, that's the biggest thing, right? Like six years later, I, I can do all these interviews and, and never talk about Jesus, and it would just be, to me, it would just be a waste. Yeah. But we get to have these prominent people share their testimony, and hopefully people listen and are encouraged or, who knows, even come to faith because of a little interview that we did. Um, to me, that's huge. And I, and I, I take a great, I take great pride, but I also take, I understand the responsibility. You know, I've shared from the pulpit at my church probably two dozen times over the past eight years as, you know, I'm an elder in my church. So I'm a fill in pastor sometimes too. Yeah. And I've shared enough where I, that's a heavy responsibility. Mm -hmm. It's probably the heaviest responsibility outside of parenting and being a husband that I've ever had is preaching the gospel from the pulpit on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Like there is a responsibility to make sure that it's not my words, it's, it's Jesus's words. Mm -hmm. But that second level of heaviness or responsibility that you want to call is when I do an interview with an athlete. And if I do an interview with an athlete and I never ask them about Jesus, then it's a waste, yeah. a complete waste for me. Answer, yeah. And so we've done a thousand, like I mentioned, Zach, to you, but I think in every one of those, I'm, I'm happy to say, whether it's me or other people doing some interviews, which has been you know, the case, that we've talked about or at least asked about Jesus every single time. That's and that is, that's huge to me. That's, that's some, it's, I couldn't ask for that. I couldn't ask for anything else at this stage of my life. That's awesome. So. My son, uh, we listen to the Jim Day podcast because we're Red fans, and, and he's the sideline reporter for them. And one of the most... Uh, one of our favorites has been the interview with Jake Fraley, who is a, a strong man of faith. And in his yeah. interview with Jake or with uh, Jim Day, he talked a lot about his faith and how it has shaped him. And uh, Jake Fraley has become one of my son's favorite players uh, mm -hmm. because of that interview, which I absolutely love. I love being able to to root for a team and know, hey, you know, this is not only a great you know athlete because my son's a baseball player, but this is also a, a guy who you can look up to. And I know his faith matches our faith, and I think that's just a, a huge part of as a parent knowing. 
you know, that uh, they're great role models for our kids. And that's why I love your podcast and love that you're being able to open up some doors for not just us, but also for kids, you know, to be able to see, hey, you know, these athletes who you're looking up to, there are men of faith there too. And that's huge. To be honest with you, Zach, that's my mindset when I'm doing an interview is what if, what if a kid's listening? And we've had conversations where it goes into some areas like we just did one with Benjamin Watson. He was amazing. But when we're talking about, you know, the right, the fight for life and, you know, abortion and really heavy topics Mm -hmm. and not too deep into that area, but just still even bringing it up. I had to put a little disclaimer on the front. Like if you're listening to this with your nine-year-old son, just keep in mind that we're going to go into this word. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want to have a conversation at this moment, because they just not might not be ready. Yep. You know, then maybe don't listen to this podcast and that's okay. But my mindset is always focused on the kids because I think that's the generation we got to reach. And if they can hear, you know, John Harbaugh, if they're a Ravens fan, or they can hear, you know, Kay Klubnick, who's going to be on in a couple of weeks, he's mm. Clemson's quarterback, their yep. starting quarterback. If they could hear Cade at 20 years old talking about Jesus in his life and they're big football fans and maybe they're a Clemson fan, I think about that 10 year old, you know, that 10 mm. or 11 year old that's so impressionable. And you guys both know this, like this, as being in school systems, it's, you know, there is, there's a, an area where once this kid gets to a certain age, if, you know, if they haven't gotten to a point where faith's important to them, it's, it's hard to get back, Yeah, you know, because they're going to go off in the direction they're going to go off. And I think you gotta, you gotta, you know, it's Proverbs 22, right? Train a child up in the yep. way that he should go. You, I try to be as intentional as we can with sports spectrum to reach children just as much as you know, we're reaching adults because, uh, you know, that's why our magazine, whenever I promote it, I always say it's, it's kid friendly, it's mm-hmm. clean content. You don't have to worry about anything that you might pick up from a secular media site or a sports site coming in and infiltrating into their lives or to their minds. Like this is just good content that's clean and it's gospel centered and it's sports. Yeah. yeah. So. We're always sticking up the kids. That's what we, uh, whenever we were starting this podcast, wanted Mm -hmm. to kind of hit that niche of being able to talk about fatherhood, being able to talk about faith, uh, being able to talk about just things that we enjoy um, in uh, a in a way that dads Mm -hmm. could listen to this with their kids in the car, right? Like, um, so that we can kind of impact the family, you know by impacting fatherhood fathers and and their kids and it was difficult too because a lot of the podcasts and there's some really good dad podcasts out there but a lot of them we found were falling into two camps either they were hilarious and they were explicit Mm -hmm. the comedians were just talking and and dropping a ton of stuff or they were so serious like it was all of the serious stuff and and it was like you know being a dad is funny yeah we are dumb dads by nature are dumb and that's amazing like embrace the fact that you know we're the ones we had a guest on before talking about, uh, you know, my best dad story starts with why my, my wife wasn't there. Of course it does. <laughs> yeah, we're going to try something stupid because we're dads. And, you know, I think we don't embrace that enough. Yeah, absolutely. The fact that that's the way God designed us to to be the ones who are like, we're going to try this because why not? And I <laughs> well, when it. I was when I was 23, I was coming out of college and I had just got my first radio job as a producer. And the guy who was the host was a guy named Don Weeks. And he was like this legendary booming morning radio host in Albany, New York, where I grew up. And, you know, they called him Uncle Don. And he was probably 60 at the time. You know, he's since passed on. He died probably five, six years ago. But I remember there's this, he was just this goofy guy who would come in every morning and do clean content and just have fun. And now he took, took things serious when he needed to. And he was very good at his job. He was a pro, but he was goofy. And I said, well, you know, you are just a hilarious man. He goes, Jason... 
I want you to remember one thing. If you don't take anything else away from me, everybody gets old, but you can you can remain immature forever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> That's perfect. And when he said that, I you know, and, and you can ask my wife. We've been married twenty four years, and sometimes she looks at me and she goes, "You're just you're never going to grow up, are you? Like you're forty nine years old. I'm forty nine. She goes, and you're just not going to change, are you? And I said, no. I said. <laughs> I, th I said, we're past that point. We're, yeah. There's no return. I said, I'm, I'm the big kid. I obviously, when it's time to get serious, I will. And it's time to be mature. I will, but I'm just a big kid. And, and I hope that can stay that way for the rest of my life, because I just think they're they're, You know, the Bible talks a lot about childlike faith mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm not even just talking about faith here, but just, I, I'm not saying I need to act like a child, but I just, can't take myself seriously and I'm goofy and I'm, I'm an idiot. Like you guys said, we're all dumb, you know, but in, in a fun way. Yep. And uh, I think that's, I think our kids like that. If I'm being honest, they don't want the serious dad. That's always yelling at them. I mean, you have to take time to discipline them properly, but you know, I want to be fun with, I want to have fun with my kid. Yeah. I don't just want to be too serious all the time. Yeah. I feel like that, that makes the serious moments Mm -hmm. more impactful yeah like yes. i mean whenever yes. we're having like really like deep conversations with our kids about faith or whatever mm -hmm. and and we lean into the serious part of it like because we're such goofballs and because we like have so much fun they're like oh yeah this is yeah. this is important i need a hundred percent yeah a hundred percent and my daughter i have to reel her in sometimes too she's like is dad being serious here is he just being <laughs> silly and i'm like sarah this is the time we need to be serious for a minute. But yep. um, yeah, it's just, you know, life's too short. I don't know. I mean, mm -hmm. my wife will tell you too, like she's hilarious and she has so much fun, but, and she, you know, has this sort of playful side with my daughter, but she also can get serious sometimes. And I'll, I'll have to just say to her, you know, remember, you don't have to always be serious. And she'll say the same thing to me. Like, you don't always have to be silly. Yep. You know, it's like, yep. there's, there's <laughs> kind of a happy medium somewhere and we compliment ourselves very well. Um, but just life's too short, man. Like mm -hmm. just, you want to have as much fun as you can when the moment, you know, presents itself. Yeah. hundred Well, Jason, we know you have to go soon. Do you have time to, to play our silly game of uh, top tens? Okay. Yes. Top tens, top five, top, top, top five. Yes. And we're not David. Levin. It was 10. I don't even know if I can get to five on whatever you guys are about to do. Top, but 10. Top yeah. one, top two, five. one and a half. It's fine. Sure. <laughs> we'll just throw some random names out there and pretend they're TV dads yeah. and all that stuff. What does that mean, TV dads? So, right. Yes. Here, here it is. I'm coaching my son's little league team. He's he's 11, uh, and it's just been awesome. He's a he's a, he's a good pitcher, um, and good. you know for for his age level and all that. But uh, mm -hmm. uh, I got asked to do it. I don't know baseball. I played basketball growing up, so it's been a challenge. And so we've got some great parents who are helping their kids, uh, and that's okay. been awesome. And so our, our question is: You get five five dads who okay. are parents of a little league team. So they've got a kid on there. Which five dads do you want as a parent on your little league team? So it doesn't have to be in any specific order. We're just naming five dads who are going to be some of the dads on our little league team. They're not helping you coach. They're not necessarily helping. No, they're just dads. Right. Okay. Yeah, but got yeah, it. you've got this kid's son. You're like, oh, guess who's you know, guess who's kid I have on my little league team? Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who so you're going to be. Who is it? I think your number one is Genghis Khan. <laughs> <laughs> That's put my son in. <laughs> he's the starting pitcher. He's horrible, but I'm afraid for my life. He's sitting clean up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and when he rounds the bases, he's lopping off legs. He's <laughs> oh, <laughs> horrible, but he's the starting pitcher. That's right. 
Wow. Oh. Uh, didn't see that coming. So are we each naming five or are we going together to get to five? Well, let's go with as many as we can. Uh, yeah. We'll try okay. to five each if we can. And if not, you know, we'll get as many as we can get in there. Because yeah. I'll, I'll go first for mine. Yeah. So okay. uh, I was thinking about this. I, I want uh, sports psychology uh, is high on mine. And I, I want uh, I want to take uh, Jean Piaget. Oh, my gosh. He did uh, a lot of uh, no, research no on the brain. He did like a lot of research on the brain and how the brain develops, and okay. uh, he's he's a guy we, we reference a lot in education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want him because I think he's going to help me maximize hmm. each individual. He's got to be like, hey, Gene, listen, what what do we need to do to get the best out of this player? And he's going to know things will be a wow. great resource. So Gene okay. Pizze, I got one for you. Have kids? I, I'm assuming. I don't know. Okay. I mean, he's got a cool name, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Like, French. You're probably bringing me back it with a French time. accent, even if it's a terrible <laughs> French accent. Gene Pizze. Jim Piget. Um, Tony Dungy came to mind for me. Oh, Absolutely. He's, he's done so much on fatherhood. I happen to, to know Coach a little bit, and uh, he's, I've seen him in action, and he's the real deal. Mm-hmm. He's, like, confident, and he's a leader, but he's so soft-spoken and gentle, and there's just – I could never see him yelling if his kid didn't get in, but at the same time kind of saying, you know who the players that are supposed to play are. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to get them, make sure they're playing. Right. Yeah. So I just feel like coach Dungy would be a great dad. He's, yeah. I think he leads the all pro dad yes, ministry and yeah. founded it. So it's like, kind of makes sense there too. I didn't even think of that, but coach Dungy came to mind as one. I think that would be yeah, great to have a good one. Yep, yep, yep. Scott, you got one. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go Clint Eastwood. Okay. <laughs> I can just like see him yeah. just in the stands, just, <laughs> Just looking at you. He's just looking at you. Okay. Like, I just feel like he can move the crowd like <laughs> j- with just a look. As soon as somebody starts saying anything to the ump, Clint's just, like, no. <laughs> and everybody just gets real silent. Go ahead. Take my kid out. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, punk. <laughs> feel lucky? Yes. No. Uh, I want uh, Felipe Alou. Okay. As one of my oh, like many like major that. league kids, uh, you yep. know, seems like a great guy. I don't know him personally, but uh, all of his boys that I saw in interviews, you know, they were great. Uh, you know, reputation as, as good clubhouse guys. I think Felipe would be a really good little league dad. Okay. Hmm. Felipe Alou. That's good. I like that. Um, I'm thinking of like I'm going personal fandom here yep. and what it would be like. I'm going to go with Paul McCartney. I love the Beatles. Okay. Yes. And yeah. it's like, what would it be like to have like an ultra uber famous mm-hmm. dad's kid and you're coaching and you're not famous, you know, like think of like, um, Ooh. LeBron's kid, you know, yep. when LeBron's kid was like eight, you know, whatever that is 10 years ago. And he was playing little league baseball or something like, imagine being the coach oh, no and you kidding. just find out that LeBron James jr. <laughs> is on your team. LeBron. And the dad sitting in the stands watching is, you know, one of the greatest basketball players of all time. So I feel like Paul McCartney would be like that. You know, imagine yeah, if you found out that your son was, you know, the, 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 you know, the son of the famous, you know, musician, maybe the mm-hmm. most famous musician alive still today. It's, yeah. I don't know what that would be like, but I, I feel like there would be some cool factor in that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, I had one and that just knocked it right out of my head. Oh, I, I'm going to go back to uh, C. Trent's uh, episode. I'm going to go yeah. with uh, Ken Griffey Sr., Oh, that's, yeah, a, that's good a good one. one. I was thinking of him too, especially yeah. with your red chat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just think that that would be. I mean, maybe. Well, maybe not quite like LeBron and and Lil Bronny, but yeah. kind of in reverse a little mm-hmm. bit. Absolutely, that's a good one. So for my next one, I want Andrew Stewart. 
I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I didn't either. I just looked up Martha Stewart's husband. Is that who I want? Talk about the snack game is strong. We're not having orange slices. We're not having an orange slices. He's just stuffed turkey. We're having something amazing. We are the cook for the team. So I want Andrew Stewart, Martha's husband. Oh, That's amazing. That's amazing. That's a, well played. Well played. Well I think played. we should stop there because I really have to I, I think that's good. I think. That's good. Got we got the snacks. Good. We got the great dads. We got the kind that's dads. Good. That's We're good. good. Let's get everything's covered. We got okay, Clint so. Eastwood somehow, a French guy who knows about brains. <laughs> we got everybody. I'm going, I'm going with Remy, the <laughs> rat. Rat <laughs> Dewey. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh. Okay, so that's a good segue into my question. Okay. So um, mm-hmm. I, I've been thinking about this like all all day all right. and, okay. and trying to figure out because Zach uh, dropped this idea of the, the random top fives. And I'm like, I have I have nothing. I put it yeah. in the guide. Listen, last week. Just so, saying. <laughs> listen. It's still been a busy. Use our brain. <laughs> it's been a busy last couple of weeks of school. He's okay. a principal. Right. Come on, Zach. He's a principal. Come yeah, on. Right. That's right. I'm Some <laughs> Anyway, uh, all right. So uh, for mine, uh, I, I was uh, where we are. Um, like we owe the school some money for school lunches. Okay, mm-hmm. so like we're we need to, we need to pay this. So I was like, okay. okay so who throughout history right. would I want to like? make the lunches for my kids like who 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 do i want to pack okay. their lunches so they're just packing the they're lunch. packing lunches they can they can make the food and all that kind of stuff do they have to be dads or just anybody who's packing lunches? anybody let's go with dads let's go because to i'm gonna because yeah, i think yeah what does it have to be connected to food obviously or can it just I, be I any dad necessarily that... the the one that was in my head for this was the earl of sandwich I like, like I, I was, I, I was like, okay, that makes sense. He's innovative. Yeah. Um, he will chop some bread, and uh, I mean, he's gonna make a good. He's gonna make a good I sandwich. I didn't even know that that was a person because I've been to the restaurant in Florida, the Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> yes. But I didn't know there was like an actual Earl of Sandwich yeah. <laughs> restaurant. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, him, so him and Jimmy's John. <laughs> this is the most random podcast I've ever been on. Right? Have succeeded. <laughs> well done, guys. Well done. Oh. What came to my mind was Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, oh, yeah. You know Jerry Seinfeld and the Soup Nazi guy. Yes, yes, no, absolutely. Like I would want him to make sandwiches. Yeah. You know, for my kids, no soup for you. This is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't like it, like, <laughs> fax your sandwich. Like, I don't like this. No sandwich for you. <laughs> yes. No sandwich for you. Right. I mean, and the Earl of Sandwich. Like, Come on. You know? Yeah. So we got the Earl of Sandwich and the Soup Nazi. That's okay. great. I was going Jamie Oliver. Like, didn't he revolutionize uh, yeah. like, uh, school lunches anyhow? I mean, presumably. In England, right? Like, they, Allegedly. I, I wish I knew who that was. Again, you're giving me names, Zach. I just don't know who these people are. Okay. I, I, I watch a lot of characters. I like he's the naked chef, right? Isn't that what he is? Oh, oh yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, he's the yeah. yeah he's the, the 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 British guy who not Gordon Ramsay, the nice one. Yeah, yes. I think it's Jamie. I know Moore. what you're talking about. Oh yeah, he's. You know what I was thinking of? What about the guy? The the guy, whoever it was, Truett Cathy, is that his name? The yeah. Guy with, his, oh the yeah. Chick- the guy who invented the chicken sandwich was the guy who invented Chick-fil-A. So I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe that guy should be yeah. making sandwiches for us. That's real good. And his sandwiches are delicious. Yeah. 
Uh, I would yeah. say Popeye from Popeye's, but <laughs> Popeye's is actually a guy named Popeye. But I'm not sure that the lunch would ever be ready in like in time for lunch. So you know, there's that. As a librarian, I was ordering a book and I ordered a brand new book. It's the biography, a kid's biography, obviously, of Milton Hershey. And his life story oh, nice. is amazing. Yeah. You know, he was poor, like from a poor family for a long time. He had like five failed businesses before. Hershey's actually opened as any, it was successful making caramels before chocolates. Really? I want him making my kids lunch. Okay. So um, Hershey, Pennsylvania is only like four hours from where I live. And we've actually gone to the Hershey park and gone into the factory there. It's fascinating yeah. to go to. If you're ever in Pennsylvania, Hershey is awesome. I've had their chocolate, by the way. It's very good. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's adequate. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll eat it. <laughs> yeah. Chocolate guy, not a dark chocolate guy, but it's yeah. excellent. Yeah, I'm a Kit Kat man, but they're also made by Hershey's, so I'll take it. Hershey, yeah, Hershey's. <laughs> Do they also in that town have like an ice cream parlor, like a Hershey's ice cream parlor, or is that that a yes. different? Maybe it's a blue. No, 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 no. That's the Blue Bunny one. Blue Bunny has like their own ice cream parlor. We we do a lot of traveling all over, and we go to all of these weird places, and I get them all mixed up. I know it's not the Spam Museum, but <laughs> they don't have ice cream there. Um, but I can't. Oh, that would be. That would but be Hershey's crazy. Hershey's makes ice cream too, I believe. I, I oh, thought so. Almost I, don't know. I don't know. All right. Do you have any more? Chefs? I don't, Jason, do you have any questions for us? Uh, any uh, top five or random discussions for us? Or I mean, am I a top five guest on your show? I don't know. Oh, absolutely. I mean, yes. 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 Okay. So absolutely. I'll be honest. Like one of the things we're doing is we wanted to buy Riverside, and it's like a hundred and hundred and eighty-ish buck investment. And we we're like, if we're gonna do that, we're gonna get big dads. Like we want dads who are asks for us. Like so we it. got. Sports writers that I follow for podcasts, and then you, yeah. and we're like, yeah, so you are definitely top five guests. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love it. Well, this I has do. been cool to be on with you guys. You guys are awesome. I've got, I've got, I've got one. Okay. Okay. So, um, this is the last one. This this be a good one to end on. Uh, who is your like twelfth man? Okay. Not not a sports person at all. Who's going to be your twelfth man? That is going to be the one that is like amping up your team, getting everybody like the my cheerleader. You're yes. talking about the 12th yes. man. just like personally in life, or you're thinking like I'm actually a coach of a team. Let's go. Let's go, coach of a team. And okay. this is this is the this is the person that you want there, encouraging your team, getting them pumped up. I got one for you. So you might not have heard of him. His name is Bob Goff. You guys know oh, who yeah. that is? Mm -hmm. Love okay. Bob Goff. Yeah. Bob Goff is an author. He's a speaker. Uh, I got to speak at a conference with him a few years ago and got to meet him in person and interview him. He exudes positivity. Mm -hmm. Is he and that way, like in person too? Like I've seen, all, like, I've seen like videos that he's done and I can't glasses, like. He puts the Boston Red Sox hat on and he doesn't even like sports. He puts the Boston hat on because it has a B and his name is Bob. That's why he wears that. <laughs> and he fantastic. wears it everywhere. Um, his books are incredible. They just encourage you to love well and love people, you know, in the way that Jesus would love them. But mm -hmm. he's such a positive force. And I feel like I would want somebody like that cheering me on and in my corner and whatever I'm doing. I just want the guy like to just say, hey, man, keep going. Because he talks like with this really high, yes. <laughs> high it's kind of squeaky voice. You know, isn't that crazy? Like, that's what he, that's how he is. You're awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. And so I would just love to have a guy like that in my corner. That's mm. awesome. Very cool. That's a good one. I'm struggling. You got I'd, yours. I'd go, I'm like, I, I wasn't sure where I was heading with this one because I just came up with it on the spot. <laughs> uh, but you kind of inspired me. I, I think I like to have uh, John Gordon as like the, uh, oh, have yeah, you ever, he's, he's an author. He's uh, worked a lot of. I look forward to my books. Uh, huh. yeah. Oh, seriously? So, oh, Yeah. 
He would dude. do your show, by the way. You guys should have him on. He would love to talk about being love a Oh, dude, that would be yeah. that would be well, we'll talk I... about offline. Yeah, John's a good friend and he's amazing. He's got a new book coming out too, so he's actually promoting something. Oh, that's, that's awesome. awesome. I I have listened to and read like almost everything of his that yes, I can get my hands on. Uh, but I like I try to apply a lot of that to like our school. So mm-hmm. like, you know, having that that twelfth man just yeah. be there, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I wrote the uniform of leadership about my time at ESPN. And oh, nice! Forward by John Gordon. John Gordon. Awesome. <laughs> I 100% did not know that before stating that. That was not. That was <laughs> Guess not which book is now is an Amazon cart. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, absolutely. No, that, John is awesome. That's a great choice. He's a great guy. His books are incredible, aren't they? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really good. Man, I gotta be honest. I don't. I don't have any idea other than um, you'd pick me, wouldn't you? I was gonna say my dad, honestly. Oh. <laughs> okay, no, well that's you, that's good. You that's go. good. No. Scott, Zach, uh, Joey Votto. Joey Votto would be a good. Shooter. Votto would be amazing. Yes, uh, I was thinking. I'm a very Larkin fan. He came to okay. mind. Um, I loved Larkin growing up. Um, like, and those guys came to mind a lot. And then uh, I thought about uh, Jim Tressel because Ohio State fan, uh, and I thought yeah. he'd be a really good one too. So those are the ones that kind of come. But none of them were like, oh yeah, this is a home run, yeah. like you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't default to Genghis Khan. <laughs> Just, yeah. You know who would be a great cheerleader, by the way, not Genghis Khan. Um, <laughs> Pete Carroll from the Seahawks. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That would all be three one. of us. Like he, mm-hmm. I feel like when I and I got to meet Coach Carroll and, and and hang out with him at ESPN, but I feel like he would be the perfect cheerleader for us. As yeah. a coach, you got this guy's, you know, he's chewing his gum and he's just pumping his fist. aggressively you got this. Yeah. He's like, you guys are great. Keep doing what you're doing. You're awesome. I feel like Pete Carroll would be a pretty good cheerleader for us. Yeah. That's a good one. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and your dad, Zach, I don't know your dad, but I'm sure he'd be great too. My dad, well, it's a sentimental thing. We started this podcast right after my dad passed away. So uh, that's kind of yeah. like we talk about, we started this podcast because we wanted to fill a void, uh, being better dads for us. And then yeah, talking about what your dad's with our kids but then also for me it was like i need a place to talk about dads with my dad yeah. being gone and then so that's kind of one that yeah he's one i miss and he would be an awesome awesome cheerleader on my bench for sure but yeah so. yeah that's cool well we appreciate you joining us uh don't forget to find us where you find your podcasts like rate and subscribe i gotta say that come and <laughs> slowly because otherwise i mess it up uh you can find us uh on email at dadshortspodcast at gmail.com you can find us on facebook at dadshortspodcast you can find us on tiktok at dadshortspodcast uh, and then don't forget to leave those five-star ratings so that people can find our podcast. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. See you guys next time. Later. Thanks, guys.